0: And so the message that I have for this week is, of course, based upon this theme of joy. And so I call this Rejoice in the Lord Always, as in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through verse 7. And many times when I read the book of Philippians, I often wonder to myself, how can the Apostle Paul be so joyful? How can he be so joyful in the circumstance in which he finds himself in? And of course, in the circumstance in which many, many of the early Christians found himself to be in. I think about that all the time. I think about that often. And one of the things that we have to realize is that when we, a, a lot of times we talk about happiness, but happiness is very different from joy. Happiness is very different from joy because happiness comes and goes. It's temporary. It's also controlled by many of our circumstances that, that's before us. Many times happiness, we're happy because we found a good job. We're happy because we have a... A new car. We're happy because we have a house. We have a home. Joy, in which the Apostle Paul, the theme, pretty much the theme of this book here, this epistle here, the theme of joy in which the Apostle Paul is talking about here, is something that is everlasting. It is something that's always there. It's not controlled by any kind of outside source or anything of that thing, anything like that. But it's something that's in the inside of you. Comes out of you from your heart. And the Word of God teaches us this, that joy, joy is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. It's everlasting. So no matter what kind of circumstances you may find yourself to be in, whether you have a home or you don't have a home, you you will always be joyful. So that's something that's everlasting. That's something that's eternal. That's something that's permanent inside each and every single one of us. And so, so thinking about this and coming to understanding the Apostle Paul's circumstance in which he was reading, or in which he was writing this, this letter here, we see that the Apostle Paul was in jail. He was in jail awaiting his execution in which he was going to be beheaded. You know, two, two years or so after the, his writing, you know, he, he was beheaded. And yet in that circumstances in which he was chained up in jail, he was chained up in prison, and yet in that circumstances in which he was being tortured, he was being whipped, he was being mocked, the the, the only thing that he can think about at that time, the only thing that that came to his mind was to be joyful, was to remain joyful. And so in in that, he is writing this letter to these new Christians here. Philippi. He's writing this letter to these new Christians here in Philippi, reminding them, reminding them that they too need to remain joyful in their circumstances and the troubles and in the issues and the things that they were going through and their torture. You know, they're, they're being tortured, they're they being you know persecuted and things of that sort. But the Apostle Paul, instead of you know, instead of just dwelling on his issues, instead of just dwelling on the fact that he's in he's in prison. He actually used his experience, his his tragedy, to encourage the people of Philippi. To encourage them, to encourage the church here to remain joyful in their circumstances. And so he comes and he says this. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And then he goes on and he says it again. I will say it again. Rejoice. Rejoice. You see, he's emphasizing this. He's repeating this. He's trying to you know, let them know that this is something that as a Christian we are to do. We are to rejoice and we are to be joyful. And, and how are we going to be able to do that? It's to remain in the Lord. It's to be in the Lord. The only way we can have this joy in us is to remain ourselves in the Lord. It is in the Lord that we find joy. Anything outside of the Lord, anything outside of the Lord... We don't find joy. We don't find joy. And so how can we really find joy in our life? Well, this Bible verse here is teaching us that we need, one of the things we need to do is we need to change our focus. Change the focus in our lives. Instead of focusing on all these bad news, instead of focusing on our issues, instead of focusing on all the tragedies before us, that that we must be focused on the Lord. Our mind must be in the Lord. Our relationship must be in the Lord. I know one of the things that often causes a lot of stress, a lot of negativity in my parents' life is that they love they love to watch the news. Man, they're just glued to to CNN, you know, gl- glued to the news station all the time. Every time I come downstairs, because like I said, I work at, I work from home, so my parents they both live with me, and so when I come down from from my office upstairs, I come down to the living room. They're there. They're always glued to the TV, watching the news, and always stressing out about the news, right? Because the news, what did they have? All, all they have is, you know, all these bad news, all these bad news that's on, on, on TV. And so they watch that all the time and continue to stress over that. And that's one of the things that we often, that often causes us stress is because we often focus on things like that. We often focus on the negative stuff. We often let the, all this negative stuff goes inside of us go inside our minds, go inside our hearts, and then it, it just affects us. affects the way that we live our life. And we don't find joy because of all this negativity. We see in Matthew chapter 15, when Jesus was debating with the Pharisees, he was debating with the Pharisees about the disciples not washing their hands. And in this debate, Jesus says, what goes into a man's mouth isn't what defiles him. In other words, what we eat is not what defiles us, but what comes out. Okay, what comes out it's what defiles us. Because what comes out is from the heart. It's from the heart. So how did it get inside the heart? How did it get inside our minds? Because that's something that we pay attention to most of the time. Right? We pay attention to all these bad news. We pay attention to all these negative stuff that's going on. Yeah, I, went down, I went down to um, Alaska not too long ago I have, you know, to visit the church up there too. We have a CMA Hmong church up there in Alaska. I went down, sit down a lot of their leaders and their pastor just talked, you know, talking to them. And, you know, a lot, of, a lot of them, they were so afraid at that time. They're, they're thinking that North Korea was going to nuke them, right? And so they're all, they're all saying, you know what, we don't want to live here in Alaska anymore. We, we want to move. We want to move back to California. And I said, of course, you're welcome back to California anytime. But a lot of people up there, they were all so stressful back then. This was probably about a year ago or so when I went up to Alaska. A lot of times these kind of things really stress us out. A lot of times... I mean, you know, when we pay attention to so much bad news in our lives, it really sets a negative pattern in our life. And it really affects us. And we can't find joy anymore. And so the apostle Paul is saying here, you know, instead of focusing on these, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Focus on the Lord. Don't focus on your trouble. Don't focus on these negative news. But instead, learn about God. Instead, learn about God. Instead, what you do is memorize His Word. Take His Word, read it, and memorize it, right? All these things that we watch on TV, all these news stuff that we watch on TV, all of that is bad news. Most of it is bad news. But this is the good news right here. This is the good news right here. And that's something that we need to focus on. That's something that we need to read. That's something we need to study. That's something that we need to memorize. And you know, Tracy and Kam and I, we, we were talking about this morning. It's one of the things we want to to emphasize with our children too. We want to make sure that they memorize the Word of God inside of their hearts. You know? We want to make sure that they memorize it so whenever they go through, through temptations, whenever they have issues in their life, they can remember what the Word of God teaches them so they can remain joyful, so they don't let all this negativity destroy them. And we see how Jesus, how Jesus defended himself in the wilderness when Satan was trying to tempt him. He defended his position by quoting the Word of God. See, he was able to remain str- faithful. He was able to remain strong in the faith by quoting the Word of God. So this is something that we as Christians, we need to do, is really focus on this. Really focus on just memorizing the Bible verse. I know this guy, in, um, this older, young gentleman in uh, Wisconsin. He's got the whole Gospel of John memorized from front to end. The entire Gospel of John, imagine that. You go, well he he has a memorizing Hmong, of course. And when you go talk to him, he can, you know, he can you know he can just say every single word in the Gospel of John. And a lot of times it's because a lot of the the older Hmongs, the way they the, the way that they, they're educated is, is through a lot of you know um, memorizing, right? It's through memorizing things. And so when we go to Hmong funerals and things of that sort, the person that's conducting the Hmong funeral they have to memorize every single word in a monk funeral for three days. Okay? And so when they're coming up and they're doing their spiritual stuff, when they're trying to uh, lead the deceased into the, the afterlife, they're always saying the same thing. It's always the same thing, but they have it memorized so well. For three days, three days of service, everything is memorized. It has to be memorized. And so when they become Christians, you see, so when the older folks in the Hmong community, when they become Christians, it's easier for them to take the Bible and memorize it. Us younger folks, you know, we can't memorize. You know, we, it's, it's, it's harder for us, right? Because we're not used to that. It's hard for us to memorize it. But this is something that's very important for us, is that one of the things for us to really do to find joy, everlasting joy, is just to remember and just to memorize the Word of God. Keep that inside our hearts, so whenever we face temptations or anything of that sort... We can know what the Word of God teaches us. Not only that, what the Apostle Paul is teaching us here is that we are to focus on encouraging others. You see the Apostle Paul saying here in this book, instead of focusing on his issues, he's focusing on how he can encourage the Christians at that time. So that's what he was focusing on. It says in in chapter 1, verse 3, the Apostle Paul says, I thank my God every time I remember you. So he continues to thank his God for them, And not only that, in chapter four, verse five, here it says, it says that we are to show gentleness. We are to show gentleness to all people. show gentleness to all people. And this word gentleness" here in the Greek really is really talking about withholding, withholding, uh, withholding justice. I, I suppose we can say it that way. In other words, just forgiving people. Instead of always going by the law, right? Always going by the law, the word, you know, the word of the law, instead of always going by that, having the wisdom to know when to let that go. So that's pretty much the Greek word about gentleness. That's, that's what it's talking about. Having the wisdom to, to know when to let that go. when well, you don't always have to apply the law all the time to people, okay? So it's, 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 a, lot about, it's, it's a lot about forgiveness. It's a lot about forgiveness. Learning how to just forgive people even when the law is in your favor, even when the situation is in your favor, that you still forgive people. You still forgive them. And that's what, that's what Paul is talking about here with the idea of gentleness. It's just forgiving people. Because when we forgive people, instead of holding grudges, it works out for us. You know, if you, if you, don't, forgive any, if you don't, don't forgive people, and if you're always sit, sitting there holding a grudge against somebody, the only person that you're hurting is yourself. Ah, you're just hurting yourself. Because that person who you've, whom you've seen, that that person has done you wrong with that, m- most of the time that person has no idea that they've done you wrong. And so they go on and, you know, they go on with their life and you can't forgive them. And you continue to hold that grudge against them. And you're the one that's hurting. You're the one that's suffering if you can't let it go. How many times when, when we hold a grudge against people, what do we do? We, we stay up all night just think about that issue, right? just stay stay up all night. You can't go to sleep. You're just staying, you know, stay awake all night just thinking about that person. You know, this person has done this to me. That person has done this to me. And you hurt yourself. You don't hurt anybody else but yourself. And so the idea of gentleness, the idea of forgiveness that the Apostle Paul is talking about here, is just forgiving others so that you, for yourself, also for yourself, right, to help yourself get over these things and not hold grudge against people. And he's not only talking about you know, forgiving Christians, but what he's actually trying to emphasize here is to forgive people outside of the church also, other people, not just those within the church. And the reason for that is because the the persecution that they were facing at that time was coming from people outside of the church. And so Paul was trying to emphasize on that that not, not only do you forgive people inside the church, but what's more, what's most important is that you also forgive those who are outside of the church are persecuting you, who are against you. And so that's what Paul wants us to really understand. And that's how we find joy. That's one of the ways in which Paul is trying to communicate here to us about how we can find joy in the Lord. It's just forgiving people, being gentle to them, focusing on God. And he also goes on and he emphasized and he talks about the Lord being near to us. And there's two points that Paul is trying to say here. The point, point number one is that he wants us to recognize that the presence of God is already with us, that he is near to us, okay? That that's how, we find, that's how we find joy, is that recognition that God is always with us all the time, no matter where we are at, no matter what we are going through, that God is near us, that God is with us. And the second point that he's trying to let us know here is that Jesus Christ is returning again. So there's two points that Paul is trying to make make here when he says the Lord is near That so One is that you have to acknowledge and you have to know that God is near you all the time. His presence is always near you. And the second thing is that he will come in victory on your behalf. And then when he goes on, he talks about do not be anxious. Do not be anxious about anything. The idea of anxiety here is the lack of faith. Paul's trying to say here that, you know, when you're, you're always having anxiety, when you're always anxious about these things, it's really due to a, fact, a lack of faith in you. And so he's trying to encourage us here to grow in our faith. Instead of, you know, instead of focusing so much and having all this anxiety within us over certain issues, over certain tragedy, but instead of doing that, but we need to focus on growing in the faith. We need to focus on this, and we need to be in the faith. And how do we do that? He's saying, take all of our problems to God in prayer and in in petition to God. That's what he's teaching us. We grow our faith. we, We overcome this anxiety. We overcome this anxiety. We grow our faith by going to God, taking everything to him in prayer. I know a lot of times we as Christians, we don't pray enough. A lot of times we don't pray at all. John Wesley was a man of prayer. He would pray for four to five hours a day before he started his day. Many, many of the, the Christian fathers were men of prayer. They really devoted their life to prayer. I know myself, a lot of times in this, you know, in, now in our time and now in our society, we, we get so busy with life that we don't spend enough time in prayer. And that's something we really need to encourage each other towards is to grow our prayer life. And it is through this that we will be able to find joy in the Lord. It is through this in which we will be able to stand firm in our faith in Jesus Christ. And so today I want us to remember this, that to find joy or to have joy in our life, that our focus must always be on God. It must always be on God. The second thing is that we need to focus on encouraging other people. The person that's sitting right next to you, how can you encourage that person? We need to focus on that. We need to always remember that the Lord is always near to us. His presence is with us. And not only is his presence currently with us, that one day Jesus Christ will return and he will reign and he will be victorious. Don't be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. Anxiety, as according to what we're reading here, is is showing us that there is a lack of faith. And so we need to grow in our faith. We need to find ways. How can we grow in our faith? And we do that by taking all of our needs, all of our needs to God through prayer. And it is in that that we can find this everlasting joy, this gift that, you, that God has given to us through his son, Jesus Christ, his birth in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, which is what we will be celebrating next week. And so um, may, the, may the Lord be with all of us. May he continue to bless us with joy in our life. Let us pray together. Father, we thank you so much, Father. We ask that you be in our hearts. You, we ask that you bless us with this gift, this fruit of the Holy Spirit called joy. And so that no matter what circumstances we may find ourselves to be in, no matter what situations we may be in, that we will continue to be in you. And as we continue to be in you, we will continue to have this everlasting joy in us and so father let us be a model be an example to the world for your glory we pray amen